0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
1: And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, here we are on this crazy Saturday morning. Um, uh, Right out of the gate, I would like to um, offer my love and condolences to the family and friends of John Lewis, um, who was an extraordinary human being. And I also very much support the renaming of the, uh, the Alabama bridge that it should be for, it should be known as the John Lewis bridge from now on as bridge. So I am for that. I think that would be a great honor to his memory. He was, there's a documentary out on him. If you haven't seen it called good trouble, John Lewis, repeatedly had his head fractured in in exchanges with the police and with and it wasn't even I think the majority of the times he was assaulted was just by groups of white goons in the south yep so while he was
2: doing things like walking
1: yes and eating at a counter and being peaceful he was he was a big believer in in the Gandhian principle of nonviolence. um he spoke uh, on the same stage as Martin Luther King Jr. when he gave his "I Have the uh, I Have a Dream" speech, an extraordinary, extraordinary man, uh, just a giant, an yes. absolute giant in the yeah. civil rights movement. Um, in, I I'm, I don't quite know how to take the fact that the, it took the president until 11 a.m. their time to sign a uh, declaration to have the flag lowered to half. Uh, half-staff at the White House.
2: Well, that's his first, like, 11 a.m., that's his first true waking hour. Well, no, right? he, was al-
1: he was already on the golf course with Lindsey Graham uh,
2: oh, Jesus
1: by that time today. Um, we have uh. been, On the same day, we have also hit 140,000 dead. And by the way, John Lewis um, passed, I believe, two days ago.
2: It was just uh, the announcement a day
1: or a day ago. Um, yeah, it was. But the information came out late last night, mm-hmm. is my point, uh, as opposed to the he, the president didn't find out halfway through his day. And if anybody took a minute to draft up the resolution, which requires nothing uh, to fly something. And, and and again, this goes to preparation. John John Lewis respectfully was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in December, a virulent form of cancer. It is one of the most deadly John and I were talking about before we went on the air that that's what got Bill Hicks. Um, A lot of people who have been taken by cancer quickly um, and, and in a very devastating way had pancreatic cancer and why there isn't marches for pancreatic cancer, which touches everyone the way there are for other forms of cancer. I don't know yet. Perhaps there are, but they're certainly not on the scale of, you know, they don't get the attention that breast and prostate cancer do, but then maybe sex cells. But the point I'm trying to make is once someone is diagnosed with that, preparations are made. Affairs are gotten in order. People deal with it. And as much as people want to fight it, it's not a bad idea to have someone in your office draft something up in case something happens. If someone gets COVID in your administration, it should be a situation where you go, uh, no offense, Jake, but we got to draft <laughs> something up in case you get it <laughs> yeah, case It should be a go. case
2: where you say, well, that didn't happen. Let's pretend, how do we sweep this under the rug? That's not right. real.
1: Well, they do it all the time with, um, with celebrity death watch sure sure news, what, news do you think he, what do
2: you think Chuck Woolery did when his son got COVID
1: um I think he retreated into <laughs> a, a, a level of pathetic self-involved pity and and anger I and don't mean that. that's a whole
2: other thing I don't want to misdirect from John Lewis right now right. I apologize
1: that's okay it's worth talking about but um But knowing that John Lewis had pancreatic cancer and knowing the importance of him having the, you know, some level of like an autobiographical statement about someone like that is very important. It is not just your average uh, congressperson passing, You, you know, and especially in the time that we're in. So this, you know, there is no way to cover it. I will uh, and give him his due in this program, but I will just recommend that everybody watch the, I, tw- I tweeted out a link for it, but watch the Good Trouble documentary that was just released this month about him.
2: And just Google, Google him in general and the pictures you're gonna see are of him as a young man, just like, like doing um what was a woody allen movie where he was just showed up at every historical event Zelig. Zelig. yeah he's the Zelig of civil rights if there is something going on in civil rights john Lewis there's was a you part see, of it you, it's like oh there he is oh that's him in the front that's, that's right it's not like yeah he was not a wallflower no he was and
1: he didn't and he did not ball up a fist and hit anyone during nope. his exchanges his nope. what was extraordinary about him was his Ability to endure and to still remain standing at the end of all of it, you know, and to carry forward with the message. He even when he was sort of when the movement took a more you know radical and 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 in some cases violent turn, his response was, and he was sort of replaced uh, as the leader of of one of the groups. What he ultimately did was formed a a voting coalition, getting people registered to vote, making p- sure people had the right to vote. and ultimately you know ran for city council, won and then immediately ran and won for his his seat that he sat in for decades. And I love that his when he ran for the the house. He apparently like his statement was vote for a tugboat, not a showboat because he was running against somebody that he knew. Oh my God. I I mean. So
2: how did he win for decades by being John Epping Lewis?
1: That's right. Yeah. And by moving the ball down the field, by making things happen, by getting wins that were um, permanent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is a man who devoted his life to not only making change happen, but making that change stick in many ways, as much as, you know, Trump views Obama as the bane of his existence and the the thing that he must first undo to make his mark in the world. The reality is a lot of what Trump is facing when he goes to the courts and when he goes to Fight a you know a law or write an executive order that's a bunch of garbage that he drafts you know by with rubber mallets and and finger paint. What he's running up against is the solidity of the law that that John Lewis helped shepherd and craft. That's that's the reality. You know, if you want to talk about that, uh, build that wall from a legislative standpoint. Um, John Lewis was able to erect a barrier to many of the more egregious things the Trump administration would try to do in terms of racial justice and cannot seem to break. So to to that end, uh, John Lewis is a one of a kind, an icon and and far too important for a little show like this to try and eulogize properly, but, uh, an extraordinary human being and he will be sorely missed. And he's one of those people, I think where it's a shame that the world will discover him after his passing more so than they knew the, the grunt work that he did, the, the regular, Functioning of government, the power of a working government that cares about constituency, that tries to make a difference, that everybody takes for granted. So um, yeah, that hashtag good trouble. Um, and John Lewis could not have been more important to the, the civil rights era. He is among, if not above, those who were left behind in that he carried on the fight and carried on the progress that many could not or did not. So um, let's take an early break, uh, we'll, and then we'll, we'll come back with uh, our regular kind of programming. The president, by the way, is golfing um, because uh, today is the day we hit 140,000 dead in our country. We'll be back. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called plexiderm. A clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in a minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it. Unless, of course, you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code sexy liberal. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money back guarantee. Visit TriPlexiderm.com today and use the code sexy liberal at checkout. That's TriPlexiderm.com.
3: Now, let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide.
1: So, um um, aspects of John Lewis that's super important is uh, his movement and his drive towards making sure everyone has the right to vote. Even his political enemies. Even just every American. It's that simple. It's the standard we have here. Thank you Hal Vickery and thank you guys for the super chats this morning and thanks for the new subscribers. Welcome. Thank you Ashley Bell. Um, but uh, people are, are going after Mitch McConnell for, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go after him, but yeah. for are sitting on a bill um, to protect our elections that um, John Lewis fought for last year. Oh, nice. Um, and maybe it gets the attention it needs. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to doubt it. I, I don't think that will be the case. Um, I think there is too much writing r- uh, on well i think trump's entire election strategy is um limit the vote as much as possible has to be has to be there is no other path the nope. the most re- he keeps saying uh, uh, again and again 92% 96% with the republican party you know biggest support ever which is a 4 month old stat which was questionable at the time. And is Doesn't certainly not current. super current. Nope. Right now it's 67%, hmm. which is pathetic and dangerous for any run of the mill Republican. Yeah. Much less somebody who is now having to coddle and scramble for every vote. And he is going this, the next couple of weeks, this whole law and order push, and his whole MS-13 nonsense he did on Thursday, which is wanting credit for the normal functioning of government. Yeah, you've got a you have a murderous gang in the country who's moving uh, involved in human trafficking and drugs. Yes, break them up and arrest the heads. And wow, that's what we that's what we have a Department of Justice and an FBI and ATF and DEA for. That's the that's what they're supposed to be doing. You know what they're not supposed to be doing? Snatching people off the street and camouflage with no markings into rental cars. It's I mean, it's literally like the soccer mom version of Russia. They, they were pulling people into minivans in Portland dressed in fatigues, uh, desert fatigues, which always confused me. Urban camo, I would understand in this circumstance. Even all black would seem to make some sense. Uh, but the the desert in Portland they're wearing hmm. desert camo uh, yeah. it's it's pretty Which, dusty there is it <laughs> no yeah you're having no. a delivery by the way yes yeah so, I wonder um, who it is I don't know I'm, I'm so excited I,
2: at break I'll tell everybody what I got
1: no don't open the door Spray no I'm gonna leave it on the stoop so um obviously there are major shifts going on in the country there we are Still in the first wave of this pandemic, we have 140,000 dead. And that's an undercounted number. They're saying the number could be as much as 26 percent higher, meaning almost 200,000 by now. Um, John Lewis has passed. The uh, Mary Trump book came out, which details on top of the New York the Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times story about the Trump organization and the Trump family's tax dodges over the years. Details it really thoroughly. She has access to all kinds of stuff. His blowback this morning, because he tweeted about it, by the way, which looked like a staff tweet to me. Like he dictated it on his way to the golf course. You can just tell how they, you know, usually when it's a four-run tweet and there's no, he usually, if it's him and he wants to say four tweets worth of stuff, he doesn't thread stuff together. He has the staff do that when he has four tweets worth of stuff, he just yells law and order and they write it in all caps and send it out. So this is an extraordinary time in American history. I am torn, like a lot of people, about the president golfing on a day like this with Lindsey Graham. Because on the one hand, I think it's pathetic. But on the other hand, I would rather him be on a golf course than pulling the levers of power. Yeah. Now he has automated some of his m- most awful policies right now, and Bill Barr is working round the clock to dismantle the rule of law in our country and basically double down on authoritarian rule. So the the illusion of law and order by but you know patting yourself on the back for busting up MS-13 or attempting to do it or arresting members of it which again is the normal function of government and law enforcement, is simply cover for the fact that they don't want you to notice that they're snatching people off the street. Now, there is no reason to believe that the people who are being snatched off the street will be denied their legal rights once they are in custody. But my question was yesterday, and I think a lot of people thought was, how and when does someone not react to being snatched off the street by unknown people in camouflage into non-official vehicles? Because doing that, even if it's in an undercover police car, an undercover vehicle to some degree, the the people in it identify themselves as officers of the law when they take you even if it's just up to your face, they don't walk you without a word into the vehicle. Um, And at some point that's going to get some of these officers killed by people who don't know they are official representatives of a representative government. That is my concern. um, I do not know it, and I don't know that anybody knows if these guys in the fatigues with their special cars are waiting till people are on the sidewalk around officially federal buildings and giving them special Patriot Act jurisdiction to snatch them up without saying a word. It seems like that to me because they seem to walk past certain people and only, you know, I'm sure they're not following this to the letter of the law, but I'm you know, I wouldn't doubt if that was the attempt. That's what it's based on. But either way, it's a scary thing to happen in this country. It is the kind of stuff that you, quite frankly, hear about in Russia. Black cars pulling up, people being snatched off the street. It's exactly what you heard about with covid-19 in China when they would roll up on people who, you know, they would point a finger you know, a fever detector at their forehead. And if the person wasn't walking with them, there would just, a car would roll up. They would throw them in a, a steel canister on on the back of a truck and drive them to a holding hospital that is more like a prison. The odd part to me, more than almost any of this, because I got to be honest, seeing Trump do this kind of stuff is no shock to anyone. No, nope. saying that he wouldn't give a crap or would blame other people or would ignore the uh, a contagion in the country is no shock to anyone that knows that the Obama administration put in place a pandemic response team and Trump dismantled it as okay. soon as he got in office. It is it is standard operating procedure for this guy and the, and anyone with half a brain knows that we're looking down the barrel at some point of contagion. We are. An international hub. We are one of the most crucial economies and the richest country on earth. Of course, we're going to have issues with pandem- pandemics and contagion, both accidental and intentional. This is what th- think about for a second. That how many contagion movies have we all watched over the years? Half of them are. Guy accidentally gets bit in a lab and starts coughing in a coffee shop and vomits all over somebody in their muffin, and then you have to lock down the city. And then somebody's got to find the last thing that leads to the vaccine, just the you know enough to so they don't nuke the city. Or somebody has a contagion, is part of a death cult, and decides that they're going to release that c- contagion into the the population because we're killing the bees. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's always a psycho environmentalist or a wannabe Thanos. It's just like not kind
2: of should play that part. Like, um, in every, he? In every, yeah. Has he ever there that?
1: is no way there we, we go. are going to survive this you moron. <laughs> so, um, he's, and by the way, he's great in space force if you haven't watched it, but this is, yeah, this goes the to best my point thing about space force. Nice dovetail, by the way. Um, John, uh, usually you take us off, but you put us on. Yeah. So Trump dismantles the pandemic response team, something that we all as a public are aware will be necessary at some point in our future as an international hub, as an important country, as the greatest country in the world. If you believe in America first, what you would want to make sure is all these folks from other countries who might have diseases that you know, are brand new don't bring it into our country. And if they do, we have a plan to deal with it. Right. Because you want you don't want business interrupted. You don't want people to die, especially American citizens. Like if you have this illusion is America first policy, that's what you would want, because it's an obvious danger. You know what's not a danger? War in space right now. So he dismantles the pandemic response team, but we need Space Force. We have NASA. We, we, we have mitigatory uh, technology to make sure that China, you know, China doesn't destroy our satellites with killer satellites, or Russia for that matter, to try and knock out the Internet here and the like. The same way we park subs along the Internet conduit that goes across the ocean so that they don't sever it. And, and shut us down. Like, so this is and this is why he has six bankruptcies. This is it, because his ideas roll in, dismantle the actual protection and put in place the showy protection that right. actually is has no value and is it is not it just made to the thing.
2: dong skip It just gives dong something to shout.
1: Right. Which is why. John Lewis's statement, "You want a tugboat, not a showboat," is such an important line, and I recommend that, in honor of John Lewis, Biden start using that phrase to describe his what his presidency will be. Because I think Democrats have always been that tugboats, not showboats, and I I feel like if you really want to move the big issues. You need a tugboat to guide it in and make sure it doesn't crash and make sure it can, keeps moving forward. So we'll be, we'll be back right after this. It's the Housemarque's radio program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. We are streaming at infotainmentwars.com and you can help support the show uh, by both joining in the chat, subscribing to the channel there, hanging out. Super chatting, uh, or joining Patreon, Patreon.com/howlsparks. Also, Sexy Liberal show tonight, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, we added an extra VIP meet and greet because the first one sold out. It's going to be called the Sexy Liberal Hangover Brunch. Go to SexyLiberal.com and it's tomorrow morning, so you can rewatch the show and then we'll have another post show with you, just like we will tonight. So you'll get to hang out and do all that, and it is much improved from the last VIP thing that we had. There's a lot of improvements that have been made, where everybody's running and gunning, but uh, it's fantastic. Carl's going to be with us at the uh, at the Hangover Brunch tomorrow um, at the Meet and group. Um That's awesome. We will uh, we will see. We'll be back right after this. We got to take a break. It's Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. So it should come as no surprise that uh, um, Joe Biden and Joe Biden have released a statement on uh, John Lewis that a lot of people are speaking to um, his importance, um, the, uh, I, you know, normalcy, you know, and I, I, I have to say. Oh, my God. Christina F. and Mark and Christina in the chat room, thank you guys so much for the, the super chat. That's fantastic. I, uh, that's, I'm overwhelmed. Holy smokes. Um, there is a, I think, an underlying desire for a lot of um, Americans. And I think this is the, the root of even the Lincoln Project and a, and a lot of Trump's slipping numbers um, is this idea that we want a tugboat, not a showboat. And this is coming from a showboat. Understand, <laughs> I am for a living, but I also know my Can value in my firm. Yes. right. <laughs> yes. Um, as uh, there's one of my favorite lines of steve martin's is from la story a beautiful and sad film quite frankly um heartbreaking in places i love it but um he he goes uh he goes normally i don't like to be around interesting people because uh that means i have to be interesting too and and uh victoria Tennant says does that mean you find me interesting and he goes um i've when I'm I find that when I'm around you I start showing off, which is the idiot's version of being interesting.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I've I've just always loved that line. Now, I've also been a big fan of show offs over the time uh, over my life, so I don't really care. I like front men in bands, for example, as you know, as indicative of behavior. I'm totally cool like Vince with you. It's
2: four or five front
1: men. Well, yeah, it's it, it, but all at once, you know, yeah, just by all at once. girth. Right. But um, I'm sorry. I de- God, now I really
2: am going to derail. I sh- I showed Lisa a picture of Vince Neil, and she thought for sure it was doctored. She's like, "No way does he look like that now."
1: And mm-hmm. I was like, "No,
2: honey, this is real. This is yeah, last. You know, this is the last time he played live."
1: Yeah. You, you- Usually, that's a look you see washed up on a riverbank. <laughs> um, it's uh. Um, so there is. I think uh, you know, uh, I'm
2: very happy that <laughs> Vince Neil is.
1: <laughs> all right, quit it. All right, so now there is a. Th- you know what? I I I was almost, I was almost going to tell you to <laughs> knock it off, but I, quite frankly, this is this is the normalcy I think a lot of us are clamoring for, and didn't is- realize we missed. Much like John Lewis is was a, unappreciated during his life, even as much as he was appreciated. Even as the awareness of his worth will grow, I have no doubt he will have a statue in our capital. Um, I, I he he deserves one. He has earned one with his life's work and and the quality of his character, um, and the joy he inspired. Um, and and don't get me wrong, I think Trump will get one too. It'll be made out of butter and it will be eaten every year at you know the Sturgis hot dog eating contest or something. But uh, Go and get a pat of Trump. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there is a a clamoring. I read an article this week about um, people who are referred to as the politically homeless. And it's, you know, these would be self-described moderates who don't feel like they can talk to anybody right now because of the spikes in extremity. Right. That They, they, they can't have a complicated conversation. Because. They'll get canceled on one side or seen as, you know, vilified dangerously by the right, you know, as a race traitor or or somebody's going to take their guns or something like that. Just because you don't think uh, somebody should be able to walk around on the lawn of a school with two 30 round magazines taped together, you know, so that they can reload quickly um, without being asked a question or two like, excuse me, sir. Is there any particular reason why you need to be walking on school grounds with a loaded rifle? Um, I'm American. That's why. Not good enough. Get out of here um, or we're going to arrest you. Um, those kind, that kind of normalcy is when Trump screams about the silent majority, that's really who it refers to in some ways. He thinks it refers to this illusion of people who support him this magic group of people who are just, they don't want to admit that they love Trump. The only people that love Trump openly admit it. There are no, n- not anymore. in maybe right. before 2016 or maybe a year into his presidency, there were people who were like, I like what he's doing, but I, I don't, you know, I, I want the tax cut. I like, you know, border security, but I don't want to outwardly say that I support him. I'll probably vote for him again. Now, Those people are gone. None of them fear Joe Biden the way that they feared Hillary Clinton or had some sort of weird Pizzagate illusion. None of the crap that they used to vilify her is sticking to Joe Biden. And a lot of them are simply going, I would like to get back to where I don't have to worry about my government all the time. I want it to function. Yeah, John Mulaney has a great bit about that. It's the horse in the hospital bit. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't know it, but I trust you uh, anytime you bring up a horse in a hospital. Yep. The, uh, um, but this is a huge part of the movement behind Biden and, uh, and away from, in some ways, the desire for inspiration as far as leaders go on one hand and the guy you can have a beer with idea on the other hand, because the appeal of Trump was never the Bush appeal insofar as... You can not a beer with him? Yeah. It was never the he gets me, he's one of us kind of things as much as they tried to attach that to him. The appeal of Trump is uh, Christian evangelicals, faux fo- Christian evangelicals and populist right-wing nutcases and QAnons and all those people who've been lurking around, you know, saying the earth is flat and all kinds of stuff for a long time have been seeking somebody who's in... in who is indicative of the success they would like to have, which is have be rich, um, w- with very little, if, n- if any effort, um, dec- be able to decry, you know, the failures and losers and haters who don't like you. you basically like YouTube star <laughs> level fame. Um, but second generation rich kid with a trophy wife who can, Uh, Have all the illicit sex, do drugs, uh, you know, under the table and never get called out for it and and always come out on top, not because you deserve it, but because no one can stop you or anybody who could just abdicates their responsibility. And this is appealing to a lot of those, the hardcore Trump, but he that's who they supported. Now, they have more in in common. With um, people who sought after Reagan or Kennedy, called Kennedy's, uh, you know, home Camelot uh, or the White House Camelot when he was in there, um, you know, people who were inspired by Obama and the like, that, you know, the the idea of an inspirational leader. I'm not comparing these people to him. I'm saying that the people who seek inspiration is more in common with the peop- those kind of crowds than he does with people who actually want the government to work. He, he, you know, he wants, he, he's got dear leader followers and he's a dear leader kind of person. Yeah. Um, Bradner chat says the idiots that voted for Trump wish they were him. Yeah. They project yeah. themselves into him. Now he wouldn't hang out with any of them. He would consider them an embarrassment. He, these round tables he has, and I cover them every single day on my live stream these roundtable gatherings that he has where he puppets some people up, hides behind cops or people who are victims of crime or people, who, you know, small business people and the like. He sits there. They say their piece, a little prepared statement. The White House, you know, gathers up a group, a small group of people that they can bring in for these last minute events. They stage them. He sits there while they say their statement. He gripes about the press answers a couple of questions, and leaves without the roundtable ever resulting in a conversation. There is never, when, when you have, when a president puts together anyone, a CEO, anybody, puts together a roundtable, the point is to hear dissent and contrasting opinion, as well as the multitude of plans for a solution to the problem, so that you can hash out the best path forward. That's what a round table is for. That's what mastermind groups are for. That's the value of them. Okay. Trump uses them only as, as PR events and doesn't even know how to do that. Right. Doesn't even no. know how to have a po- a proper PR event, which is, you know, Oh, that's interesting. And the, the two times I've seen him go, tell me a little more about what you're, uh, because that's really interesting and when he, they told him to do that engage with them try to do this crosstalk he's uh, he asked if you could grow idaho potatoes in new hampshire or something can you grow the same potatoes an idaho potato in how, how does uh, new that
2: hampshire? come up it does just like, idaho to-
1: talking, talking to farmers and he had people from new you know a local farmer because they couldn't be bothered to get anybody from far away because they he can't because it, it, it was slapdash in last minute they do these you know these little summits to bring back america but they don't think about it you know but 12 hours ahead of time if anything and then they start going okay who can we get half the people are well i'm from a farm in maryland and you're like well yeah you mean driving distance way to reach out to the rest of the country i respect the midwestern states so much so that i can't be bothered to think of a plan to, um, in, you know, invest in them that re- would require planning at all. Even the truck event with the big cardboard weights in the back of the truck that he had, where he was talking about American production, and and it was a truck company, for a, a a guy from New Jersey, and the trucks were local. They brought the trucks in from a local dealership, not even the guy's dealership that was speaking, and the and the trucks in his anti-regulation speech that he gave. I don't know if you saw that, but it was a joy. No,
2: i was sure of
1: it. He's so. standing in front of two trucks, and the guy's talking about how his regulations, uh, you know, cutting regulations have helped this guy's business. Never says how, but the trucks he's standing in front of have better powertrains, are more fuel efficient, and he said, and we're moving towards electric. This was a quote from the guy, and we're moving towards electric. What? All part of regulations and change that were put forward Since the Carter administration and focused on under Obama during the the auto bailout, that have actually made these companies competitive. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this.
3: Now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene all day long, all day strong. We are washing our hands and sneezing into our. That's right. But we are still taking a huge carry of virus with us everywhere our phones yeah they're a vector for disease and we rarely clean them i mean the other day we tried wiping one down I and i was like come on girl you know we know what we need this. we know exactly what we need we are constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face yes. which is a no-no these days it's time to take cleaning your phone seriously that's right the clean phone pro sanitizer uses medically proven uv light technology to kill 99.99 of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. It's better than wipes and safe for your device because you can't boil it, Mm -mm. your phone, right? No, you can't. And the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with the nine high-power UVC lights. Mm -hmm. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Wow. You can be sanitizing other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station at any time. Fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items. Items, so you know, you can be sanitizing your, your behind keys, oh depending on the size of your behind. Yes, maybe you're behind too. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Here's the deal you got to go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code sexyliberal. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember, use the code sexyliberal for a two day Free shipping <laughs> and we will ship immediately. That's right. That's thecleanphone.com. Thecleanphone.com.
1: This is Tom Harvin, and you're listening to the Hell Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. We love Tom and uh Tom uh again amazing that the volume of books that man has written. I will I find st- Because it's simply like he, he threw his arm out writing longhand. Like he had to wear a he had to wear a sling because writing. All right. I, I'm I, like some overachievers, I got to say. So this is I want to play this. OK. There are two strategies that Trump is planning on using against Joe Biden in the general election. One is chaos in your streets. If you elect Joe Biden, it's going to be riots and chaos in your streets all the time. Lawlessness, they will be, you know, destroying. Yes, John.
2: Have, have you noticed that they actually have clips of these riots in the streets and it's yeah. not Biden's America yet? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you notice that it's going on right now? <laughs> the, the, I, the, the amazing thing is this constant never end. like if. If you elect Joe Biden, it's you're going to have what's happening now. Well, I don't know. First of all, why would anybody believe that? Secondly, I don't know anybody who doesn't immediately think that the second he, he goes, you're going to have riots. People are going to be bur- burning and looting stores and destroying statues you're like, dude, they're doing that now because right they now, don't because they don't think. The government, yes, because the government isn't <laughs> representing them. Because you want to put a stop to that. You know how the What's Obama about- administration did? They put in they put the cops program together to look at bad police departments across the country and start mitigating these moments and stop these kind of things from happening. And start to after Ferguson, how do we start from a federal standpoint best we can without overstepping our bounds? How do we stop these incidents from happening? And they put a program together to stop that. And it was working. And 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 Trump got rid of it as soon as he got in office in 2017. He got rid of the pandemic response team, and he got rid of the COPS program. What is the big problem right now? If, if you picked out two things that were crashing uh, uh, two years almost to the day of yeah. him dismantling these things, what— it, uh, again this is why and he has six bank this is why he has six bankruptcies three marriages and and nobody would lend him money but but criminal organizations and gangster governments this is exactly why yep. because he can't uh, you know i often complain about the use of revolutionary language because i believe revolution is the uh, six minute abs of democracy that the real work of it takes time and you have to go. Okay. Two years from now, where will we be with this policy? Will it solve it or could it possibly create problems we don't recognize? So let's, let's think about this for a second. Before we do this, what might be, what are we not seeing? What? What blinders do we have on because we're trying to solve one issue that we might and AB five in California is one of those, the freelance worker bill that's supposed to help people, but screwed tons of people out of uh, out of all the legal protections they had as gig workers, which in the entertainment industry with between from everybody from bands to uh, chiropractors and massage therapists to, you know, babysitters to uber drivers it threw a huge chunk of the economy into a cocktail, hat and the whole while people were trying to do the right thing it was an attempt to do something worthwhile and it failed and it was people who were behind it they meant well and they were trying to solve a problem uh right mary dixon animal trainers anybody who is hired separately off of production as an independent contractor, all of them. It was just, yeah. So the idea of understanding that even when you mean well, you can create problems you didn't think you could solve. That's why when people were waving the ACA around, it's 3,000 pages and who needs it. In a country of 340 million people, who have almost as many possible physical maladies in terms of Mm -hmm. disease, ailment, amputation, birth defects. You need to cover the variety of circumstances from hereditary diseases that will be permanent for the person's life to diseases that come and go chronically over the course of a life to infectious disease to life-altering large disease. Like Just that alone, trying to pace out how you maintain care for everyone in those circumstances, and then you overlap some of those, you're going to end up with a bill, even if it's Medicare for all, that is 3,000 pages. The military budget is gigantic because the applications of military power are innumerable. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't fear complexity on this show. Okay? That's why, I do. you know, um, I well, fear change. That's right. But you also poop in cornfields uh, while <laughs> jogging. So, I mean, you're a solution oriented fellow. What I saying. am. Yeah. So the the point I'm trying to make is, is that Democrats, I just love that idea of a tugboat, not a showboat when it comes to legislation. When it comes to governing, because you want Progress, but you also want to be able to adapt and solve problems you didn't know you were causing in what you meant, right? So this is just normalcy. This is just the what should be the normal function of government. And I and anybody who's like uh, when they come in with abolish ICE or abolish the police department or whatever, there's without a solution to solve the other aspects of this because most communities are acted upon by members of that community. So the immigration and naturalization forces often are the ones that protect and deport villainous immigrants who are committing crimes, who are acting upon the immigrant community that lives here in the United States, those kind of things. You need something that deals with that issue. You can't just get rid of it because you don't like how it's been misused. And you can't put people... Who are mismanaging the government in charge of it, and then blame the program because that's the Republican system. Yep. Government sucks; can't do anything right. Put me in charge, and I'll prove it. Whereas Democrats are like, yeah, it's really hard making sure that it covers everybody, but we're doing our best, and we're nobody's going to, not everybody's going to be happy, but we move. The, we we try to solve these problems and deal with them legislatively, and we do it in committee, talking to each other. Even people would disagree. That's what a roundtable is for, right?
2: I so, think it's for a weird campaign stop in front of journalists that you call combative because they're asking for
1: clarification. Well, congrats on your uh, new position in the Trump campaign. <laughs> yes! but this is this is the essence of how Trump runs things. He is. He dismantled the cops program and he dismantled the pan, uh, the, the pandemic response team two years before the crap hit the fan around those particular issues, and every single decision Donald Trump makes in his life, two years down the road, somebody else pays the price for it. In a through, you know, because you think when he declares bankruptcy, other people don't lose their livelihood. Well, it's gorgeous. We'll be back.
3: The the Welcome back to the Hal Sparks
1: Radio Program Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! 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 The happy ending is that we have uh, um, a bunch of callers, and so we should... Let's know, do it! Come on, Charles, Go where up. are you? That's right. You're, you're, you're not living up to the standard by which you set, kids. Uh, what... Um, who do we have, Devin? Next, we got Dave in North Miami Beach. Excellent, Dave. Welcome.
0: Greetings, Time Changer. Greetings, Time Changer. <laughs> good to hear you again.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, it's good this to be here. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, so, once we have Biden and the same Congress, I hope we can have a serious mm-hmm. talk about how. Uh, Our media is dividing us. It's as if you had one radio station that only played Private Dancer by Tina Turner and another only played Is This Love by Whitesnake and you don't realize, oh, it's two sides of the same conversation. It's it's, it's musically the
1: same song. Right. Um, uh, Right. Yes, I I understand what you mean. Um, Chris Evans has, uh, you know, um, famously has has started, you know, Captain America has famously started a, um, a, a organization called Starting Point, which tries to get people who are on different sides of the aisle together to talk peaceably, which wow. is uh, a, a, a great effort. Um, I, I applaud that. Um, whether it's successful or not is, you know, is, you know, will be, you but, but know, it's definitely worth
2: the calories, man. It's worth it.
1: Yeah. But I, you know, but, as a, you know, as a personal endeavor, that's a good thing to do. I, I definitely think there is an entrenchment going on. That is, is, you know, it happens to a lot of countries at, at, at periods in history where there's a lot on the line. And yeah. but it's something but we have, we have to get problem, through.
0: But we have a bigger problem that dementia can kick in at 45, and so you have uh, not just baby boomers who used to have a government or a union over their shoulder, you know, uh, giving them a lot of guidance and support, and not understanding how that doesn't exist for Xers like me. And, of course, it, with the declining mental state that can go on, they... They go from remembering the good old days to misremembering, and that just makes it Mm -hmm. worse, and Trump is Exhibit A. Have a good weekend.
1: Yeah, well, I I, I would also say that that speaks more to almost like um, the substance use of that particular generation and the effect that it had over time on their brain pans in some cases. Obviously not ubiquitous across an entire generation, but more so perhaps than previous generations— more mental experimentation over a series of decades uh, takes its toll, um, especially when that chemical experimentation in the case of the president involves not sleeping because of stimulant use. Um, that's going to catch up with you more so than having some sort of Abby Hoffman trip in the 60s, perhaps might have. Um, this is this is a genuine concern. I you know, I'm not. I'm not about kind of generic ageism in this. I think it's really what you do with the brains you have. That's more of a problem than people lacking brains currently. Um, And the, the QAnon Trumpster maggot crowd uprising has more to do with the availability of social media. And the fact that when you talk about media in and of itself are more they they have more of a voice than they've ever had and in, and in a, a democracy where free speech is important that's very important but it's also an issue it's also a, a you know a point of concern that people are not thinking through what they're saying people are not concerned about the value of the words that they're saying simply that they win an argument or get their point across and in the case of people who follow people like Donald Trump or anybody who's in kind of a cultish behavioral group that has perfectly lined up with the availability of the internet. There were people in 1918, 1919 um, who refused to cover up wearing masks, thought it was a plot, thought the end of the world was coming, all that stuff. The same stuff we're seeing. They just didn't have Facebook. So... That that is indicative too. you you know, again, this is the cable newsing of your neighbor's idiocy. There was a period where there was just as much crime, if not more, pre-1992. Crime has been going down since 1992. There was more murder and it it had plateaued, essentially, uh, going on uh, previous to 1992. And over the course of cable rising up, crime was going down. But the availability of that information that uh, of what crimes were occurring was was profound. It had a profound impact on people's beliefs um, because they were while there was less crime around them, a crime all the way across the country or indeed all the way across the world could be shown almost in real time on their television. And so the 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 feeling was, if you watch the news, was oh my God, crime is way up, even though it was going down. The same thing is true of generalized idiocy amongst your fellow human beings. Is yes. that 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 silent majority is silent no more in terms of what Trump is talking about. And th- what we're really seeing is the rise of the cable newsing of local nutty theories and, you know, uh, the, the conspiratorial has risen to the normal. That's what this is about. As much as MSNBC and Fox allegedly take, you know, either side and entrenched, deep-rooted lefty-righty zones of things, the reality is, is those elements are pretty much uh, entrenched in the opinion-based shows, and not even all of them, because while. Rachel Maddow is, I think, everything you would want in a liberal commentator. She's not an extremist human being. Um, and while Chris Wallace is definitely no, f- no friend to progressive tax policy, he's not an extremist. And the majority of these situations where you, you people want to keep their job or, or maintain their value over decades— you know, and have a, a job well after Trump is gone, they're maintaining that to some degree. Everybody else who's gonna cash out on Trump's America couldn't care less. Hannity, Tucker, Laura Ingram, they're all in on this. In the in you know, in a way that, you know, Chris Hayes was all in on Bernie Sanders for a while. But even with that, Chris Hayes has moved on and is, you know, is just kind of telling the news as it is. Where in a way that Laura Ingram and Hannity are not capable of. But this ping pong idea of media has less of an impact. Ultimately, you know, it used to be my grandmother does nothing but watch Fox News all day. How do I talk her out of it kind of thing? Now it's a lot more like, you know, Roseanne's tweets and the president's tweets and YouTube videos that you watch uh, that long form anti-Semitic or racist videos by people that you might otherwise respect in your community all of a sudden catch people off guard. I mean, the old Nick Cannon thing, you know, what is not is no surprise to anybody who's watched his his cannons class from the beginning or seen it. But it's a shock to people who suddenly discover it after it comes up after he loses his job. So again, this is like my feeling when anybody brings up the media is my same feeling about when the media brings up how great Trump is at manipulating the media media. If Maybe you're just dumb. Maybe you're just a sucker. Maybe, you know, when the media goes, he's so good at manipulating the media. Like, well, maybe it's too manipulated. It's too easy to manipulate in its current function. Maybe you have some work to do, making sure there's checks and balances on that media manipulation that make it so easy. Why Why is our media so easy to lead? And we are learning that. CNN and MSNBC and Fox no longer put up random Twitter handles and say, so-and-so says that" as if it's real. Because that was the dinner bell for the Russian hackers. Um, appreciate you guys being with us today. Um, sorry about the technical glitches. I don't know quite what's causing that part of it. I will clean it up. But we've got sexy liberal tonight, so obviously I've got to be around for that. Um, <laughs> again... Um, I think so uh, we'll see you guys tonight. Thank you so much. Love you, Johnny. Thanks for sticking Love with me the tech issue, guys. Thanks for the super chest today, guys. Really appreciate it. We will see you later on. Thanks, Devin. I'm Hill. Um, that's the only way I think to get one.